This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. At any point looking up at the score, were you surprised by what you guys were doing? No, I had, I, I told him, um, I think like the third quarter, I told him, I told him we was going to get 70 points. I told him, I said, let's get, go get 70. I think I said it like at halftime, or like the third quarter, though, but I said, let's go get 70, and we did it. Right now. You could hear the crowd cheering three more points at the end there. Were you kind of disappointed when you guys didn't do it, or were you just like, that's good enough for me? Yeah, like, once we got to 70, I was like, let's just go get 100. Yeah, we got a lot of time. (laughs) There he is, ladies and gentlemen, your spokesman for the Miami Dolphins and their high-powered greatest show on saltwater-soaked turf, Robbie Chosen, formerly known as Chosen Anderson, known previously before that as Robbie Anderson. Quite the sideshow, Bob, doppelganger, if you will. And what a sideshow the Miami Dolphins and his hair both have proven to be. And this is Breaking Boston for Tuesday, September 26, 2023. Our weekly review, our look around the NFL, the storylines that affect both the football fan at heart as well as the Patriots fan in nature. And Andy, uh, you have to feel a little bit better, I guess, about the Patriots defense, knowing that they limited Tua Tungavailoa and the high-flying chosen ones to but a meager 24 points the previous week, given that they put up 70. Chosen one said that they could have put up 100 right there. The fans were chanting for an NFL record 73. Uh, But make no mistake, if the Dolphins can stay healthy, and yes, that is quite a big word for only two letters, that's going to be a handful for any defense to deal with any given Sunday all season long. Absolutely, and uh, Mike McDaniel flying high, feeling good. Probably had a tremendous vape session after that uh, oh, that win. Best MacGyver viewing ever. And then you go to the flip side of that, and Sean Payton now 0-3 in Denver, who getting pissed off at post-game questions, given the old T.O. next question uh, attitude. He and uh, Russell Wilson not exactly pairing to turn around the Broncos. Um, very interesting week this week. And I know a lot of Patriots fans like you tied the 70 points into the Broncos to the 24, and, oh, look what we – I don't really do that. I think every game, every quarter, every matchup is a week-to-week thing. Um, Do I think the Patriots would give up 70? No, because I think somewhere around 55, Bill Belichick would take out a sniper rifle and start taking out opponents because over his dead or incarcerated body would he give up 70 points in a football game on the National Football League level. Yeah, I I just – I think it's – I think it's more impressive – actually, I think it's more impressive that Denver could actually say that they started or fielded a competent – compensated NFL defense and give up 70 points and easily could have given up more. I mean, you have players with pride on that team. You have players, you know, it's the whole, the the whole line of like, 
well, they get paid too. Like they got paid to do what on Sunday? I mean, despite all the speed, the trickeration, whatever, you gave up four touchdowns to now, how do you pronounce it? Devin Achen, uh, four touchdowns to Raheem Mostert. You had Tua throwing Mahomesy and uh, no look shovel passes. Like Denver didn't even look like it looks like they've quit on their coach already, and they just quit on their coach the year before as well. Like, karma, I, bitch. It's, it's karma. Sean Payton opened his fat mouth and ripped, ripped Nathaniel Hackett's tenure with the Denver Broncos. Things that should not have been ever said publicly. He wants to say those things while drinking a few beers with his buddies as he's like overhauling the organization and looking back at the year that was. That's fine. The truth is never mean. But his decision to go public with those comments was was purely idiotic. And somewhere, even though Nathaniel Hackett didn't get the victory over the Patriots, Somewhere, Nathaniel Hackett, when he saw that score, was like <laughs> giggling to himself. Oh, oh, I'm the worst coach in NFL history. I didn't give up 70. My defense didn't roll over, lay down, and play dead on me. So um, I think Sean Payton, who has always been one of the more arrogant men in the NFL, in a, in a league filled with arrogance and egos and all say. those things, um, Sean Payton's always been near the top of that list, and he's getting a little bit of his right now. And poor Garrett Bowles, the offensive lineman who's a veteran long-tenured member of the Denver Broncos offensive line saying after the game, I've been here for seven years and all I've done is lost. I mean, you just feel, you feel terribly for the guy. I don't know how he's going to feel quick. Look at the Denver Broncos schedule right now. Uh, the marquee matchup by far of week four for everybody is going to be Broncos at bears. The Broncos having just lost 70 to 20 travel to Chicago uh, where hopefully they've been able to replace all the equipment that was stolen last week from the metaphorically and literally robbed Chicago Bears, who lost 41-10 to 10 to Tay-Tay, Travis Kelsey, Mahomey, and the uh, the Chiefs last week in Kansas City. That could be one of the worst Week 4 matchups in the history of the NFL. That may be the only win on the schedule for the Broncos, because then they're home against the Jets, at the Chiefs, home for the Packers, then home for the Chiefs, and then in Buffalo, Sean Payton could be staring down the barrel of a very similar. Maybe we should get rid of this guy two thirds of the way through the season barrel. One and nine is on the table. What will they say then, Hart? What will they say then? Well, to me, the interesting thing about Bears Broncos is both teams had hope. It's one thing if this were, you know, two terrible teams that expected to be terrible. People were talking about MVP votes for Justin Fields. The Bears had turned it around. They gave him some weapons. They're going in a different direction. Now they're talking about blowing it up in Chicago. Should they get rid of Fields? Should they have drafted a quarterback last year instead of trading the pick? All of those mm -hmm. things. Abram is in over his head. Yeah. He, well, yeah, they have that, no idea. that seems to be true. But yeah. um, the Broncos thought they were going to turn around, thought they were going to be good. Like, so you're going to marry up a Super Bowl winning QB with a Super Bowl winning coach. And guess what? It's not working. So... Those, those two have gone from hopeful to hopeless, maybe as fast as any team in, in NFL history or certainly modern teams. And it's what I talked to you about all summer on the Six Rings feed. This, yeah, you can have hope. You're supposed to have hope leading up to the opener, but mm -hmm. the National Football League and professional football has a funny way of kicking hope in the nuts very quickly in September. And in, mm -hmm. in Chicago and Denver, certainly, the their nuts are sore. Sore as sauce gardeners, eh? Oh, yeah, it's, that is weak sauce gardener indeed. I don't want to spend any more time going over whether or not there was actually an approach contact with how full the strike may have been with sauces, privates, the twig and berries and whatever else. 
Much has been made of that. Sadly, we'll have to go over that later in on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast as well. Mac Jones, dirty player, probably kind of, sort of. It is what it is. As far as the rest of the league goes this week, yes, the Dolphins' offense is excellent. Yes, Buffalo is back on track. The AFC North continues to be an absolute rumble, and I think will continue to prove to be the toughest division in all of football. The AFC South is the new Patriots offensive line workout. It's a complete hobo rumble where someone's going to have to win. And right now it's the Indianapolis Colts at 2-1. and one. Matt Gay, four 50-yard-plus field goals to beat your boy Lamar Jackson, Zay Flower, and the Ravens last Sunday. That was an absolute – in a Sunday full of shockers, that may have been the shockiest. Well, you know, it's early in the season, but you're starting to get those what I think are season-defining games in terms of who's really good and who's good, who's susceptible to some of these hiccups and who isn't. The Cowboys lose to the Cardinals. The Ravens lose to the Colts. You shouldn't be losing those games. Whereas some of these other teams, like the Eagles, I'm still not sure the Eagles have played great football, but the Eagles are winning. They're beating the opposition, and that's all. When you look back – you know, when you get to late November, early December, you'll just look back on these and say, remember when we thought Hertz was having a little slow start or the, the Eagles had hangover, whatever? They took care of their business. And that's that's where Brady used to always say, like, we gave ourselves a shot. We put ourselves in position now that the football really matters post Thanksgiving. And you're seeing some of those, whereas some others dog fights and then some others are saving seasons. I would say mm-hmm. you can't look much worse than the Bengals are looking. They saved their season. Joe Burrow said the priority, uh, the fear of injury was not as big as the fear of going 0-3. They go out, they get the win, and they they do what they need to do to hang around. It's not great. Squeak not great. Yep. it out. No, you could tell. And you could tell. You could tell that he was compromised because he wasn't stepping into a lot of throws, oh, wasn't hustling, wasn't everything. rolling. Arm, which which tells me that guy's got a cannon because, damn, and I mean cannon for an arm. No, the uh, thing I'd be worried about now if I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan, and don't get me wrong, I would be terrified if I'm a Bengals fan if my, the way Joe Burrow has to play is he's going to injure something else. Oh, suddenly he's got a bad rotator cuff or he's doing mm-hmm. something because he's altering his throwing to work through the calf injury he has. And I know some mm-hmm. people are even like, look at the calf. It's atrophied. His calf is not the same size as his other calf. And – I just think I'll be surprised if this doesn't have a bad ending, if this doesn't have him dealing with multiple injuries, missing multiple games, and their season going down the crapper due to this calf injury. Unless, of course, uh, now the Bengals, notoriously a thrifty organization or one of the thriftier franchises in the NFL, perhaps maybe they can find some sort of throwing coach that can work with him to make sure that he doesn't actually uh, incur some other sort of physical setback. I'm sure other people have had to deal with this before, but yeah, you'd hate to see that because – he saved their season. Justin Herbert with a 28-24 win, enabled by Keenan. He had two performances by wide receiver ones. Oh, gee whiz. Funny how that works out for you whenever you need one. Yes, I know. Devontae Adams also balled out. And look how poorly the Raiders were coached and or played. Jimmy G had three picks, possibly concussed. Josh McDaniels, top five head-scratching move of the year by kicking a field goal down eight with five minutes left. What's uh, he doing? What's he I, doing? No, just trying to get fired. Try, you know honest, what's worse? Honestly. I always say it, cover up worse than the crime. Terrible mm-hmm. decision. You know what's even worse? Going to the podium 15 minutes later and trying to explain it. Just say, listen, I effed up. I effed up. I don't know what the F I was thinking. Effed up. Biggest mistake of my career. That's on me. Right? But instead, Brutal. he tries to explain, oh, well, you're going to need two possessions. 
Hey, Josh, uh, you could tie the game in you, right here. You're close. You, you, it's, it's the way it works. You can get eight you points. Score it, and then you get six, right. you get six and then you it, get two. two. For simple eight. math. This isn't new math. We don't have to be creative here. Nope. This is very simple. So that is – and he's going down another bad road there because they're starting to question him. Devontae Adams is mm-hmm. sort of implying that he's questioning him without questioning him. And, like, I don't have time for this crap, and it does me hey. no good to comment. But maybe, maybe next Sunday, if Garoppolo can't go, the Aiden O'Connell era will be ushered into Las Vegas and the NFL. Dude looked like he could ball out. I understand yep. it was pretend season football, but we might actually get a look at one of the bright, uh, bright, promising, shining, young, unheralded QB stars in the league. Or maybe he's just some guy who played good pretend football. Uh, yes, Keenan Allen like hit the rejuvenation machine, and he's going to have to continue to hit it because Mike Williams, who's scheduled for some sort of catastrophic injury every year sometime between early November and Christmas sadly incurred it much earlier this year. He's out for the season with an ACL Jamar chase. They ran the offense through him on Monday night. It worked just well enough. We'll see how that goes as well. I did want to take a quick look. Yes, I agree with you. The Eagles have not played their best football as well. Um, it's going to be a two team race in the NFC North between the Packers who are kind of so- suddenly turning into a charming darling sort of underdog team. I think a lot of people are rooting for them with the absence of Novak Djokovic over there in, in New York now and Jordan Love. NFC South, nobody cares. San Francisco, easily the best team in the NFL right now, and I don't think it's close. Uh, the Cowboys, they were supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Now, this is your week four opponent, so we want to pivot to that real quick as we wrap up our week three look and a little bit of a week four preview. Uh, this is a, a big game. This will be one of the bigger games on the slate, Sunday, 425 from Jerry World. It's the Patriots at the Cowboys and the Cowboys dominant force. The first two weeks on defense as well. Micah Parsons. Oh, he's Lawrence Taylor 2.0. They go on the road and lay an absolute steam burger against a team that is doing everything it can under the sun to lose as many games as possible to get the number one draft pick so that they can get Caleb Williams or Drake may or whoever it is that they choose, or at least so we've been led to believe And instead, they go out there for the second week. They're very competitive. They almost beat the Giants the week before, losing that one 31-28. This time, the 28 holds up. The Dallas Cowboys, once again, proving under Mike McCarthy that they are mistakes aplenty and so turnover and idiot idiot play prone, lose 28-16. to Who among us is to say that Dallas isn't capable of doing the same damn thing all over again on Sunday? Or maybe the Patriots could actually out-tough them over 60 minutes. Uh, yeah, it's on the table because we're still in that finding your finding yourself uh, phase early in the year. And McCarthy's a boob. Everyone knows it. Everyone's always boob. known it. Um, I think he admits it at times and exposes himself like, oh, I wish we had uh, thrown the ball and been a little more aggressive. Hey, dipshit, you're the one who calls the place. Oh, hey, well, yeah, I was going to say, hi, Mike. Um, so-and-so from the Dallas-Fort Worth Press News Magazine Star Paper. Um, who's the play caller again? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be right. him. That'd be him. Um, I do think um, you mentioned Micah Parsons. First of all, Micah Parsons is becoming one of my favorite players in the NFL, not just because of his ability. His ability is awesome. But this little feud he has with Tyree Kill, where he said, if you come near me, I'll put you in the blue tent. Um, that's that's like 70s Tremendous. style football. And we don't get enough of that anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, enjoying nope. that. I feel like he is a is becoming the leader that they need to avoid hiccups and different things. And it's, I'm interested to see the evolution of Micah Parsons as the centerpiece of the Cowboys um, because they have, 
historically disappointed and they have historically mm-hmm. failed to achieve maybe what they should achieve. How but this is an interesting games? week. What's how that? Playoff ga- how many playoff games have they won this century? Isn't it like uh, one? One, I think. I think. I, I honestly, I think it, one, maybe two tops. I know last year they basically bumped Brady from his pro playing career. And is there maybe another playoff win somewhere in the mix over the past decade? Not as many as they're supposed to be, but exactly uh, for America's team. Exactly. It, I, I think this is an interesting emotional week. And if they had a better coach, I think they'd be fine because I mm-hmm. think a better coach coming off an upset has his team that is more talented frothing mm-hmm. at the mouth. Mike McCarthy is not a great coach. I don't know what's going to happen to the Cowboys because of their leadership. Um, and it certainly makes this game more interesting from a Patriots perspective. That said, I do think the Cowboys are just as um, likely to blow you out as they are to lose to you. Like, I think that's, they're one of those emotional roller coaster teams. So let's see real quick to wrap up week three, as we take a fast look at week four and wrap the pod Ravens were the only AFC North team to lose. Eagles were the only NFC East team to win. The Jets were the only AFC East team to lose. The Rams were the only NFC West team to lose. And the best part is every NFC South team lost. God, that is such a trash fire. The Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Buccaneers. And hey, maybe you'll be getting famous Jameis when the Saints come to town week five as well. So maybe things will be breaking towards the Patriots' favor. Uh, Andy, week four begins with... A decent Thursday night game from Lambeau Field. You got Lions at Packers. I'm in on that one. That actually might make for decent Thursday night football entertainment. Maybe Al Michaels will sound like he's not dying to make it to Spago in time for last call. Then we get Sunday. We get the Toy Storyified Falcons at Jaguars game from London. And then it's, uh, oh, oh, sorry. I apologize. We have a one o'clock game. Now, see, this is why you need flex football early on in the season. Dolphins at Bills. That's a good game right there. Yep. That's a high-quality affair right there. And instead, Sunday night, well, actually, we were supposed to get a good game. Chiefs at Jets. That should have been Mahomes versus Rodgers, but now it's Mahomes versus Wilson. So, Wait, what's wrong with Wilson? He's not the reason the Jets lost. Sorry, America. He's not the reason they lost. Why are you mocking Wilson? His coach said he's not the reason he lost. I got then I'm suddenly I'm mocking both him and the fan base and his coach. And then Monday night, Seahawks at Giants. Oh boy. All right. Well, I'll I'm, great, no, I'll be looking forward to the actually, you know, an a breakfast shift, a decent one o'clock game, 425 Patriots, Cowboys, 730 to 10, six rings post game show. So you can avoid the Chiefs game. Go to bed, and then you can go about enjoying your Monday. A decent slate as well. Patriots definitely have a chance. Any other thoughts on week three? Holler at us at FitzyGFY at Jumbo Hart. Otherwise, every Tuesday, we take a look around the NFL and how it may relate to your New England Patriots here on Breaking Boston. For Coop, for Jumbo, for Fitzy, there's your podcast, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.